Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour two of the show. Here we go. Boy, that was a really fun last half hour in the eight o'clock hour when we unveiled our updated NFL off-season quarterback tier rankings. I told you I have six guys in my tier one, my elite tier, six and only six, Brady, Mahomes, Breeze, Rodgers, Wilson, and Luck. All six of those guys, in my mind, firmly in the elite tier. And frankly, there's only one guy you can make an argument that belongs in in the elite tier to me, and that would be Phillip Rivers. But the separation between Luck and Rivers, to go back to what I call a reality man, was saying last hour he said he'd put rivers in tier one luck in tier two and to me i believe luck right now at this stage in his career can single-handedly carry a franchise and a team and i'm not sure philip rivers can do that anymore rivers is great i believe rivers is a hall of famer regardless of the lack of super bowl appearances and titles but right now luck in tier one and Rivers in Tier 2. Also, probably the biggest shocker of this to you in my list is I have Deshaun Watson in Tier 2. Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Houston Texans, he is a star, and he might be on his way to becoming elite. Whether you look at advanced metrics, traditional stats, or just an eyeball test on the field, I mean, Watson is a winner. He is dynamic. He can throw. He can run. 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's over a 100 quarterback rating in his career. High completion percentage. Throws for a lot of yards. The question is, can he just stay healthy? I love Deshaun Watson. I absolutely love him, and I think that the Texans have their franchise quarterback for the next 15 years or so, again, depending on injuries. Taking a look at the NBA playoffs today and the Bucks, boy they are just dismantling the Celtics 98 to 73 you're gonna have some soul searching up in Boston after this one you think LSU doesn't like a loser we were talking about on Monday the Paul Benary situation which we're going to get to and Brian Lazar of Tiger Bait's coming on at 920 to talk about this disastrous ugly loss not disastrous probably not but ugly loss for the Tigers yesterday to Louisiana Tech 12 to 1 and where Maneri sits, if he's on that hot seat or not. But if you think LSU doesn't like a loser and won't stand for it, uh, Boston is LSU personified, especially with Celtics basketball. This was supposed to be the year that they made it back to the NBA Finals. Everybody thought that this was the Celtics' Eastern Conference to lose. And, well, they've lost it. Bucks 98, Celtics 73. And the amazing part of this is they've done it without Giannis having one of his vintage performances. Remember, 39 points for Giannis a couple of days ago. Now, 20 today, he's been okay, hasn't been, you know, dominant. 17 points for Middleton. Uh, Nico Mirtich had 10 points in the first quarter. He's starting at the three for the Bucks. He has not scored since then. I don't wonder if this is going to be Kyrie Irving's last game as a Celtic. He leads them with 15 points. 
but he's just one of seven from three-point range, and he's six of 21 from the floor. Six of 21. We had Dan Feldman on the program last hour, and he talked about how Kyrie has been changing his stance really since he came to Boston on whether once he'd be there long-term or not. And from a Pelicans perspective here in New Orleans, you've got to wonder how this affects a possible Anthony Davis trade and the value that the Pelicans would get back. Is Jason Tatum a guy who can carry a franchise? Is he a franchise-type player, a foundational player? We've thought yes since he was drafted, but his play in this series has not been good. Just 12 points for Tatum today, 2 of 8 from the field. I mean, I suppose from a Pelicans perspective, you would likely get back a little more value than you would have if the Celtics were just rolling here in the playoffs, but I'm not sure if Boston would even considering trading for AD if they're this far away from relative championship contention. This is... I don't know if this is a good thing at all. And some people are classifying it that way. Oh, this is kind of good for the Pelicans. I don't know about that. Because you've lost a, a possible trade partner you can leverage other offers with. But, it, you know, an embarrassing end of the season for Boston, a season where most people thought that, again, they would compete for a championship. And, well, they are not competing for, they are not competing for a championship. I want to read some comments from... My uh, Facebook Live video that I did at WWL.com and uh, the WWL Radio Facebook page where I went over that elite tier of my NFL quarterback rankings. Here are a few comments. The first one from uh, Justin Dunlap. That's my brother, massive Cowboys fans. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I disowned Justin from a football perspective because of that. Uh, he says, erase that other number nine from my mind, please. But he will take Drew, he says. Uh, Bobby Krause Sr., I disagree with Mahomes. He needs to, more playing time to be consistent. I mean, Bobby, what? I mean, more playing time? What have you been watching? Pat Mahomes was the best quarterback in the league last year. Midseason, I was arguing it was Drew Brees, the MVP, to some pushback nationally. But by the end of the year, Pat Mahomes should have won that award, and he did. I mean, if you, I don't know, where, where would you put him, Bobby? Did you put him in Tier 2? All right. I disagree with you, but I guess that's your list. Laura Singleton-Stewart, often a commenter and viewer of our Facebook Lives at the 9 o'clock hour. Drew's going to be in Dallas tomorrow, yeah? <laughs> well, Drew's not going to Dallas. He's not playing in a Cowboys uniform, and, and it doesn't sound like Sean Payton wants to go coach there. Some of the comments coming in. Uh, here's a text from the 251. Seth, remember when the Texans said David Carr was a franchise quarterback? Well, David Carr got obliterated behind one of the worst offensive lines in NFL history, at least over a consistent span, and that derailed his career. And Derek Carr, I remember people talking about him as an elite guy just a couple of years ago. I think the book hasn't been written on Derek Carr, but he's been way too inconsistent. And I had Derek Carr in my Trent Dilfer tier. 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and, and I know he's not really – with a franchise that's very stable with what's happening in, in Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas and the John Gruden situation there, but still young enough where he can turn it around. Uh, some other surprises looks, if you missed this list, I had Cam Newton in tier four, and that's consistent with what I've said about Cam, whether it's injuries or lack of ability to play from the pocket, he just has not been a good passer, and he's been too injured the last couple of years. 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions last year for Cam. 
I got Kirk Cousins high tier two, high tier three, I should say. I almost put him in tier two as a star because, and this has nothing to do with his contract. Yeah, he hasn't performed up to what his contract said he should, but he's still one of the eight to ten best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, I don't know how you're not going to argue that. Not enough information on Lamar Jackson for me yet. I put him in tier six. Not that I think he's the worst quarterback in the league or one of them, but I just need to see more from Lamar. Eli Manning, I have him in tier five. A bunch of other young guys there with him. Jimmy G, Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, all who were just not very good last year, although Darnold was better than Rosen and uh, Allen. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into a little LSU baseball. 12-1 loss yesterday to Louisiana Tech. First time in a dozen years, Law Tech had defeated LSU. What does that mean for the Tigers? And now they've got to go on the road to number four, Arkansas, with their regional hosting hopes hanging in the balance. Brian Lazar, Tiger Bait, coming up next on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. Bucks closing out the Celtics, 108-82. Embarrassing in Boston. Probably hurting the Pelicans' leverage they can get there, a possible trade partner for an Anthony Davis trade this offseason. So from a Pelicans' perspective, I don't think that was the result that you wanted in that series, but it will be a Boston uh, 4-1 series lost to Milwaukee. Milwaukee will head on into the Eastern Conference Finals. They'll play uh, possibly Toronto who has that 3-2 series lead over the Sixers. Sixers just looking abysmal yesterday. Play game six tomorrow. Tipping off in about 13 minutes, the massive game five at the Oracle in Oakland. The Warriors and Rockets tied at two games apiece. Let's talk a little LSU baseball here. Another midweek loss, and boy, another ugly midweek loss, 12-1. Louisiana Tech knocking off the Tigers for the first time in a dozen years over at the box. Uh, Brian Lazar of TigerBait.com, at BLDoor on Twitter. Uh, Brian, and I guess we can't escape this you know, Paul Maneri hot seat discussion, and he didn't help himself yesterday, did he? No, it was a bad night last night all around. And, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech is a, is a, is a decent team. They're, they've got a better RPI than they do their conference standing. They're fourth in Conference USA uh, in their division, I believe. But, uh, you know, they, their RPI is 50, which isn't too bad. So, uh, but, you know, LSU didn't swing the bats well. And, you know, the pitchers that LSU put out there weren't very good. They were down the line pitching and, uh, you know, got away from them early. And it was just, uh, you know, a really, really poor effort for LSU. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Midweek losses, um, you know, they piled up the last few years. I've talked about on this show. I don't think it matters that much. But when you have this many midweek losses and some of them, frankly, flat-out embarrassing, does it begin to matter, Brian? Well, it matters if depending upon what your conference record is. I mean, if, if LSU, you know, they're sitting in the SEC right now at 14-10, and 10, uh, let's just say they win four of the last six conference games, which is not going to be an easy task, but let's just say they would do that and, and finish 18-12, and 12, uh, it, it would, wouldn't matter what their – record was in the, in the midweek that would be good enough to host a region so the the midweek losses is are not your the determining factor to keep you out but you know if you're on the if you're on the, the bubble for something whether if you're on the bubble to be a, a regional host then, then it could hurt you well that's where LSU is right now and is it going to take 
Uh, it probably is, right, Brian? A couple of series victories the last two weeks, and it begins this week on the road against number four, Arkansas. They're going to have to win these two final series um, to host that regional? Uh, I th- I'll say four out of six. So, you know, if they would win one at Arkansas and then sweep Auburn and be four and two, and that would get them to 18 wins in the conference, then I think they would be in pretty good shape to host the region. Anything less than that, uh, you know, they're on the bubble. In fact, I'd be willing to say if they if they would go two and if they would go two and four in these uh, final two weeks in the conference, they will not host the regional. They'll just be scrapping to get into the NCAA tournament. Of course, if that happens, that'll be two consecutive years that LSU would have not hosted a regional. Talking to Brian Lazar of TigerBait.com, and whenever I talk to you and uh, and Mike Brian, I always love your perspective from the fan base because i think you're in tune with it with your forums there um as really anybody uh associated with lsu so what do you think the feeling is about at, at paul Maneri and his job security of course now with scott woodward coming in wanting to put his stamp and vision on all these programs yeah look i, I think there's a very there's a vocal group of fans who are very upset with uh now with LSU, now, look, rightfully so, in that at the start of the year, uh, Vanderbilt and LSU, those are the two teams that were number one in all the polls. I think it was LSU was number one in three of them, and Vanderbilt was mm-hmm. number one in two of them. And we now have two weeks left in the regular season, and Vanderbilt has held up its end of the bargain, and uh, LSU hasn't. So I think there's people that are upset with that. It, it amazes me sometimes. You know, and they, they're cr- very critical of what Paul Maneri has done. And they just forget that two years ago there were the national runner-ups. So it's not like that there have been, you know, a bad team. And, and, in fact, if you would look just over the last five years, now I'm not going back to when the LSU won a national title in 2009, just going back the five years prior to this year, if you look at the – the teams in the SEC and what they've done, the only team which has accomplished more than LSU in that stretch is Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Florida's won a national championship, which LSU has not. Florida's been to the CWS four times in the last five years. Uh, LSU's only been twice. Uh, I think Florida's won uh, three SEC titles. LSU's won two. Uh, LSU has won two tournament titles, and Florida's only won one, but everybody else, you know, LSU and Vanderbilt are comparable. But every, you know, you know, LSU even in the last five years has done better than every team in the SEC except for Florida. And you know, people are living in what Skip Bergman did in the '90s, and it's not the same nowadays. You know, more teams in the SEC are are putting money into baseball, and, and this is the point. You know, LSU. You know, the LSU fans says, look at all the great facilities that LSU has. And look, LSU's great facilities are no longer the best facilities in the SEC. You know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina, all of these places have better facilities now than LSU. They, their stadiums are newer and have done more things to it. And, uh, you know, if you walk into, you know, the new box and, you know, it's, 10 years old now and it looks and it looks it so you know you don't build a new stadium but they're you know they're going to have to make some decisions about what they can do to spruce things up now at least they're building 
a, a new area behind the right field fence for which is going to include a locker room for the, the past LSU players who can uh, you know come in and want to work out with the team and and they'll have a weight room there. You know, right now LSU's got to go lift in the football weight room. The baseball players have to walk over there. So I mean, LSU sells a lot of tickets and they have a nice stadium, but it's no longer the best stadium in the SEC by a long shot. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the the money that that is going to be needed to possibly renovate that stadium over at the box. Um, I've heard multiple people have told me that some LSU boosters are beginning to sour on Paul Maneri and some of the same people who kind of helped Scott Woodward get the job as the athletic director. Are you hearing the same thing, Brian? Is there any truth to those rumors? Uh, look, I, I think that they, if, if there are people who are anti-Paul Maneri, I think, yeah, they're going to come up and be critical of us anyway. Now, when you're talking about uh, making a change, uh, we his, he's under contract through the 2024 season. So that means he has five years left after this year. Uh, now, I'll say this. Say LSU doesn't host a regional this year, and like you said, that would be two straight years. Uh, going three straight years, not hosting a regional, would definitely put him on the hot seat. So that's why I, I would say that I don't think there's anything to it right now, but if he would have another, by LSU standards, a, a somewhat mediocre year in, in 2020, then, then, yeah, then I think there would be some talk. Uh, Brian Lazar, hold on, 60 seconds. Brian Lazar of TigerBait.com with us. Sorry, Brian, it's always an awkward heartbreak there at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you before we um, let you go about uh, Tremont Waters and Nas Reed being invited to the NBA Draft Combine next week and how that might affect uh, their chances of returning to LSU and, and all the other players, uh, Skylar Mays, Emmett Williams, Javante Smart, who weren't invited to that Combine, how it affects their chances of coming back. Well, look, Nas Reed and Tremont Waters are not coming back. They're going, they're going pro regardless of what happens now. And, and the fact that uh, you know Reed, I really think there was never any time that either of those two players had any real serious thoughts of returning for next year. So those two guys are not coming back. Uh, from what I'm hearing, the other three, and in fact, Marlon Taylor put his name in the draft too. So those those four guys. I, I expect all four of them to be back for LSU next year. So, no Reed, no Waters, but Mays, Smart, Williams, and Taylor, uh, you know, should all be back for LSU next year. Brian, uh, great analysis. Always appreciate the chats, buddy, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. Sounds good, Seth. Talk to you later. All right. Brian Lazar, TigerBait.com. Be sure you find all their work there, and you can also follow him on Twitter at BL Door. It is a final in Milwaukee, 116 to 91. The Bucks roll over the Celtics again, and they win that series four games to one. And, and again, soul searching time coming for the Celtics as they will look to, I don't know about a rebuild, but certainly at least a retooling coming this offseason. We don't know what's happening with Kyrie Irving. We don't know what's going to happen with a possible Anthony Davis trade. But for the first time in a while, Danny Ainge has got serious questions in that franchise. Tipping off in just minutes, we've got Houston against Golden State, a massive Game 5 at the Oracle 
in Oakland. That series tied at two games apiece. Warriors six-point favorites, but so many questions swirling about locker room chemistry and Clay Thompson's happiness behind the scenes. That story dropping earlier today. Those reports, anyways. The Golden State a favorite at home, and it'd be a little surprising to me to see them lose this one, but it's two straight wins for the Rockets in that series. I want to take an early break here. When we come back, Jacob Wass is going to join us. It's Tulane Tuesdays on a Wednesday because we didn't have a show yesterday. We're going to talk about the AAC's rise as a possibly you know, big six conference, if you want to move that from five to six, and then a little Tulane baseball also. It's the last lap. Jacob Wass, Tulane Wednesdays, coming up here on WWL. Rockets Warriors just underway Warriors with the first bucket of the game two nothing Golden State that series tied two games apiece and yeah the Oracle is packed everybody on their feet right now really one of the bigger NBA games of the last two to three seasons remember the last two seasons in the playoffs it's just been um, kind of a foregone conclusion that Golden State was going to win that series even in that Western Conference final series last year when it went to game seven the Rockets were so injured kind of knew the Warriors were going to win that game and then roll over the Cavaliers in the finals this one feels like it could be if the Rockets were to win this one the end of an era but Golden State has something to say about that we'll follow that throughout the rest of the show Jacob Wass is here it's Tulane Tuesdays on a Wednesdays we didn't have a show yesterday uh, Jacob welcome back to the program how it, are it, you man it's wave Wednesdays now oh, there you go man. I like that yeah. I like that wave, <laughs> wave Wednesdays by the way uh, congrats as you were telling me off the air that you have officially completed all your coursework at Tulane. Yes, right? yes, I'm officially done. I'm a new man now. As I mentioned, I, I've already done hot yoga. I'm trying new things now <laughs> that I'm a graduated man, and uh, we will see how it, where it goes from here. Yeah, indeed. Commencement ne- next week? Yes. Tulane. Next how many commencements? Do they have one commencement at Tulane, or is it multiple? There's like 10 that you can go, or 10 graduation celebrations that you can choose from, but the big one is held at the Superdome. So, yes. That's the that, one you want to be part that of. Is, that is the yeah, one of course. That would be, be cool. Get out there on the on the Superdome floor. Uh, I want to talk about Tulane baseball, then we'll transition into talk about the AAC and, and kind of uh, their rise. Tulane struggled here the last part of conference play. I remember we were talking to you about a month ago and, and Tulane looked like they were in position to certainly play in a regional, but it's a little more up in the air now. I know, Seth, I hate to say it, but the wave's starting to crash a little bit. They really are struggling down the stretch. They've only won one in their last four. And last night, they even lost a game at home to Nichols State. So it's really not looking good right now for Tulane. They play a series this week on the road against Houston, which will be crucial for them. And they're sitting right now kind of comfortably in second place in the in the division. They have an overall record of 28-20. and 20, But honestly, it's a little deceiving because the team, as we've mentioned, they're just not playing well really at all. There's tons of problems in terms of starting pitching, in terms of uh, relievers as well. They really are relying on star hitter Cody Hose to hit five home runs a game. And while I wouldn't put it past him, that's just not a recipe for success. Indeed. Do you think that's... They will be playing in a regional, Jacob. I, I mean, you know what? I why not? It's definitely not too late to turn it around. But if Travis Jouett just makes this team win over thirty games, it's not really much of an accomplishment. This Travis Jouett, this is his third season right now as Tulane's head coach. And unlike Ron Hunter and Willie Fritz, he didn't inherit a failing program. Tulane had made it to two to back-to-back regionals before he took the helm of the program. And, I mean, what's gone on this season? They've gotten swept by UCSB. They've lost two games to Wichita State. They just lost a series to UCF. So they're really not that competitive against 
good teams. And and as we've said all season long, a weak schedule isn't going to do do much for them. So it's not going to be enough certainly to put them into the regionals if they're if they aren't able to get a tournament win. Yeah, ten and seven in the conference, twenty eight and twenty overall. But like Jacob pointed out, they've lost their last three, so big last couple of weeks of conference play coming up for the wave. Let's get into the the American as a conference, and I think we've kind of delved into this on pre- previous shows, and we've had conversations that in every sport, not that they're on par with most of the Power Five programs, but they've been very successful in football with UCF, uh, in basketball, in baseball now, as they have a, a, a top what is it, fifteen team in East Carolina? I think they're number eleven in the polls right now. It seems like that this conference is building into maybe what we'll consider one of the big six in short order. Oh, uh, let me double down on that take because there is no such thing as the Power Five conferences anymore. It is the Power Six. Just a couple weeks ago, they the ACC or the AAC rather linked inked a 12-year, $1 billion contract with ESPN. So that's going to last through the 2032 school year. And honestly, Seth, even by the time the contract ends, I might have my own building named after me at Tulane, so who knows? (laughs) But... ESPN is giving a lot of money up front due to the potential wide national interest of the teams in the AAC. I mean, as we've seen with the with UCF going undefeated back-to-back seasons, Memphis basketball right now is on the rise. They just com- got a commitment from the number one recruit in the nation. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Wiseman, I believe, the mm-hmm. center from Memphis. But um, yeah, so it's going to keep going up from here and Tulane is going to now be playing on ESPN, not just ESPNU or like ESPN the Ocho, but they'll be a they'll be playing on Friday nights, and I mean it should be exciting not just for Tulane but for the rest of the schools in the conference. Hey, nothing wrong with ESPN the Ocho, by the way. Like, no, there I, is nothing wrong no. with ESPN eight the Ocho. <laughs> uh, there's not. Um, hey, we were doing our NFL quarterback rankings early in the day. I gave you that list during the break. Um, you got an elite tier in your mind. You probably have had these discussions with your buddies. I think every football fan does. Uh, who would be your elite? Like if you, if you had in your mind your own elite tier of NFL quarterbacks, and I had Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, and Andrew Luck in mine. Um, so I had six guys there. Who would be yours, Jacob? I mean, I would t- like. I think you're right on the money. I would shorten it a little bit just to Mahomes, Breeze, and Rodgers. I mean. So you're, you've got a very small elite list. Football. No Drew Brees. You know what? You can say no. That's fine. I'm, I, I'm just wondering. Come on. I'm a lifelong Saints fan. That's like what got me out to New Orleans. But, I mean, the thing is, is he's just old now. He's like 41, right? So, I mean, we've seen who's, little, who's on Who's on your list again? I'm sorry. I'd say – oh, wait, I think I said Brees. Yes. But, but oh, did you actually, say Brees? You said Brady, Brees, Mahomes? I forget. Let, 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 that's my new list okay. now, honestly. <laughs> okay. right. Honestly, I can't honestly put Breeze on it because they, we've seen accuracy problems over the past couple years. And, I mean, he is only getting older. It's starting to decline a little bit. Mahomes is like the new gem, man. Like, I mean, honestly, Mahomes is – what can't that yeah. guy do? But football, to me, is a lot more about the teams and the players that I don't like more than the players that I like. Like, I would say a, a guy who is completely shot, I'm a big doubter in Nick Foles. Mm. The Nick Foles, uh, I know he— Foles magic run, ran out last year. We could have been squashed by the Saints in the Superdome in the playoffs. Maybe. Oh, my God. I mean, 
that guy has more good karma than like <laughs> any, he does. like it's it's ridiculous. He's pl- his shoulder is literally made of fruit roll up. I don't know how he's able to like be so successful in these offenses. He's really only just throwing screen passes and like bubble screens. But he's gonna get exposed when they get when he goes to Jacksonville. Mind you, they made it to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles. So really, it's not. I guess it doesn't take much to make that team successful. But I think he's gonna get exposed. Yeah, in, uh, indeed. Uh, who else didn't you have on there? Uh, no, Russell Wilson's an interesting one. So you're not a big uh, Dangerous fan. No, I mean, it's kind of just a There's so many people that show. are in your, in your camp, by the way. There's so many people who uh, are, are still not sold on Russell, which I think surprised me. a storyline that's really not being talked enough right now is that Doug Baldwin might be out for the whole season. He might be done. Done, retired. Yeah. I mean, that's Wilson's go-to guy. Am I wrong? So no, it is. I, I, don't, I don't know. It shouldn't be. This, the, mind you, this whole DK Metcalf like drama that's been going on the Ole Miss receiver who like had his own video on Bleacher Report for being like the next big thing that went viral he was like limited at Ole Miss because he could only run a, a couple routes mm-hmm. like, off injured there too yeah which is why I think why he dropped to the bottom of the second round when Seattle picked him up yeah and it's like this whole emotional thing he's crying it's like oh how how would a teams miss out on him it's like he dropped to the second round for a reason it's like there was a Plenty of times he could have gotten drafted, but it's like there's clearly something wrong. Yeah, and all, all the teams obviously had their reservations about him. That's why he fell. Did you see the video of Metcalf and a shirtless Pete Carroll Like when he got oh, introduced? That, yeah. was, that was an all-timer. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, credit to Pete Carroll for taking off the shirt himself. 67 years old. Like, what? Come on. But, but I want to look like that when I'm 67. Metcalf think he is? Just like waltzing into the Seahawks locker room. <laughs> wanting to, like, know. you know, newsflash to DK Metcalf. Every NFL receiver is ripped. Like, it's not going to help you just by taking off off your shirt and like <laughs> going into the whatever meeting Pete Carroll for the first time just to show how jacked you are it's not you're not getting drafted in the first round just because of it yeah well I'll tell you if I had uh, if I had DK's body I'd probably just walk around shirtless all the time too some like three percent body fat on that guy I mean that's yeah I, mean, I don't know how that's incredible. humanly possible. Uh, you are getting I will say you are getting roasted maybe rightfully on the text line Jacob welcome to radio you got to handle the roasting Give here a little bit uh, Breeze has accuracy problems the past few years what he broke the all-time completion percentage record uh, yeah, I just let that one lie. We've talked about that. Another one uh, from the 504. Breeze isn't having actually problems. He broke the completion percentage record last season. Uh, he did, although late in the season, maybe not accuracy problems. Maybe more arm strength problems, and I think that's probably fair. Um, yeah, I so yeah. Let me rephrase that because I mean he's like great on the shorter passes, anything fifteen yards. But it's like the, it's really the long shots. And I true. know and that's, that's a fair like, criticism. That's yeah, a fair criticism. And honestly, I I hate these like general takes where it's just like oh like he's not good at the long ball because I don't have stats right now to <laughs> back myself up. No, I think but, Pro Football Focus did a, a little expose and saying that Breeze on passes twenty yards plus down the field, the, the decline over the last handful of years is is um, is evident. Yeah, I mean, which is I, why they've changed their offense, and I think it's been brilliant. And um, you know, I still have Breeze in my in my elite tier, but I think, yeah, on, on deep throws, his decline is is evident. I bit. think the Saints work much better as a run first offense. The passing on the first down kind of drives me crazy. It's shown to be efficient, or at, at times. But I mean, you have like Kamara in the back. I think the loss of Ingram is huge. The one-two punch was really unlike anything else in the NFL. And not only that, but Ingram was so good for that locker room morale, which I feel like is such a big part of the Saints. It was just too bad to let him go. And then to sign Latavius Murray. 
Like, well, I don't. I didn't get that. What's your take on that? Like, I really did not. I don't think that. Latavius Murray is going to be Mark Ingram. I'm talked about it on my show. I think it was a nice signing, but anybody who thinks he's going to step in and provide exactly what Mark Ingram did is just wrong. From a locker room presence to the pass blocking to the ability to be so versatile, whether it's uh, running the football or catching the ball out of the backfield, it's just Mark Ingram was, I thought, one of the six seven best all-around running backs in the nfl and to think latavius murray is that i think is foolish and i don't, I don't think the saints think that by the way i think that mark ingram's agent made a miscalculation by all reports on exactly what he would get offered from baltimore and elsewhere and the saints would have kept him at that price tag that baltimore paid but his agent overplayed his hand this was an agent problem not a saints or a mark ingram problem necessarily I, I completely agree. I really just hate the idea of locking down running backs because there are so many that yeah. come in every year. I mean, think about all the undrafted running backs that end up being prominent in the NFL. It's like in, so th- to commit to a guy like an, uh, an aging running back like Mate- Latavius Murray, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, always appreciate it, man. Uh, w- wave Wednesday. Wave Wednesday. I know. I'm yeah. happy that we able we were able to get a little NFL in, but uh, yeah, it's a Wave Wednesday. Yeah, Wave Wednesday, and we will be back for Tulane Tuesdays next week. Hopefully, we get uh, Tulane wins this baseball series and then get their regional uh, possibilities back on track. I know, roll wave, man. We need Tulane there to step go. it up. And uh, congrats on on the uh, commencement coming up, dude. That's big time. Thank you, thank you to all the people who are out there who helped me get through this. I know no one believed in me. <laughs> It was questionable whether I would make it past four grade, but you know what? I got my times tables down, and it was always it was all gravy from there. Did you wait? Wait, did they still use the old multiplication tables? Is this newfangled math and multiplication that they use now? Which I don't even understand. There's like cross tables, and I don't even what they call it. Anymore. I have no idea. We had a multiplication tree, which to this day was the hardest hardest assignment I ever had to do. It was a like tree? A literally, we had to design a tree, and then my parents would test me on it, and I literally didn't know but any of the answers, but I would just memorize <laughs> at what part of the tree the answer was on. All right, dude. We'll talk to you next week. Right, Jacob Loss. All right, Tulane Tuesday. Wave Wednesdays, pardon me. Wave, Wave Wednesdays Wednesday. in the book. Uh, Tulane Tuesdays returns next week. Uh, NBA playoffs tied at 14. Houston Golden State midway through the first quarter. We'll update you on that game. And we come back here on the last lap. Home teams have held serve in the Western Conference semifinals. Warriors and Rockets each winning their pair of home games in the series so far. It's back in Oakland and the Warriors a 22-14 lead. Three and a half to play in the first quarter. For the dubs, 12 points for Clay. I kind of felt this was going to happen with Clay. All the talk about, well, he's not happy. He's had a terrible postseason. He hasn't had a good postseason. I think that criticism is fair. But he has a game high 12 points, two of two from downtown, five of six from the floor. Clay Thompson, who's going to get the max from somewhere, if that's not in Golden State, this offseason. Uh, he's balling tonight and has helped the Warriors to that eight-point lead. I really like Clay a lot on and off the court. He's just an all-time dude, great player, underappreciated. I think and Drew Holiday certainly has been underappreciated across the league, the Pelican star, but so has Clay Thompson. And it's kind of incredible to think that Clay's been underappreciated when he's on that team, that dynasty, winning these titles. But I think he has. They don't win these titles without Clay. Talk about KD and Steph. They don't win them without Clay. For the Rockets, seven points for James Harden. He's perfect from the field, two of two, one of one from three, and also two of two from the free throw line. Harden leads the Rockets. Chris Paul with four points. Boy, Chris Paul has turned into the the flopper extraordinaire 
in the NBA playoffs. It's kind of incredible. And he always kind of has been that way, but he's taken it to a new level. Flop City is Houston. And I just, it's one of the reasons why I personally, and this has nothing to do, I'm not anti-Houston. I'm not anti-Rockets. In fact, I was a massive Rockets fan growing up. They were kind of team two for me. You know, I grew up a Sonics fan in Seattle, but it was the Rockets team two for me when it was Olajuwon and, and Clyde Drexler and Kenny Smith and that crew winning a couple of titles. I loved uh, watching the Rockets. But this version of the Rockets, from my you know basketball purist perspective and how I like the game to be played, I don't want the Rockets to win this series, and I don't want them to win a title because I don't want the NBA to re-devolve that's not a word, but I guess devolve again into a league where it's all iso ball, this flopping nonsense, and not the, the, the team-based freedom of movement, ball movement approach that Golden State has made so popular. I mean, love or hate Golden State. It is when they are on a beautiful thing to watch. For basketball fans, I mean, that's just the truth. If you don't think so, then either you don't like basketball or your hate's blinding you. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. Will LSU baseball host a regional? Yes or no? 92% of you saying no right now. Overwhelming. If they win the series against Arkansas, that's going to really help their chances. They also have a chance regardless of what happens this week. Well, look, unless they get swept... They can at least win three or four the next couple of weeks and then win a few games in that conference tournament. They'll have a chance to host. Coming up next hour, Carter Bryants will join the program and Max Kellerman. Holy smokes, as he stepped in it a couple of times in the last couple of days. We'll get into that as the last lap continues here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 